Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. All right, so here we go. Welcome back, first of all. Also, hopefully everybody out there is doing great. In the time since 31 Nights of Frights ended, I myself have been doing great. This episode not only marks my official return to recording, it also marks the return of the Ghostbusters franchise to theaters. I went to see Ghostbusters Afterlife this evening with my girlfriend Nicole and just arrived home. One thing that I always do in preparation for recording an episode is scripting and research. This episode is going to be 100% not scripted, so in that respect it's going to be more like when I first started recording. So with that, I think I talked enough about it and we need to get on with the episode. So here we go. Starring Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, McKenna Grace, Finn Wolfhard, and some much welcome and needed familiar faces. This is the 2021 Jason Reitman-directed Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife, at its heart, is a film that focuses on family. The main plot revolves around a single mother who is struggling to make ends meet. She's getting evicted from her apartment and her father recently died. The one thing that was left to her and her family was her father's house. The mom, whose name is Callie, played by actress Carrie Coon, decides to move into the house with her two children, Phoebe and Trevor, to Somerville, Oklahoma. It's during this that the entire family finds out that they have a legacy that they were unaware of, and the town of Somerville, Oklahoma has some definite supernatural things going on, and it just might be the home of the looming apocalypse. If my plot description seems vague, it's intentional. It's not my intention here to actually go and ruin the movie at all, so any of the big shocking moments, surprises throughout, I'm not really going to talk about them here. I'd much rather you experience it for yourself, as opposed to hearing it here on my podcast. The one thing that I want to get out of the way here is, yes, the original Ghostbusters do show up. Sony wasn't exactly hiding this fact. Dan Aykroyd was even saying about it. He, in an interview, blatantly said, yes, we're all back. Bill Murray's back too. Ghostbusters Afterlife doesn't go into politics either, which we all know the Ghostbusters 2016, or as it was later retitled, Ghostbusters Answer the Call, went into that and even went so far to insult the audience that they were trying to appeal to. Ghostbusters fans were called all kinds of things from its director Paul Feig, as well as its all-female cast. When in reality, I think they probably should have just said, well, we made the movie we wanted to make, and hopefully everybody enjoys what we were putting out there. Instead, it wound up being a film focused on gender politics, where at the end of the day, it seems like everybody involved, as well as Sony, just didn't get it that everybody didn't want a reboot, or at the very least, a reboot that didn't acknowledge the originals in any way. Thankfully, we really don't have a whole lot of that here with Ghostbusters Afterlife. We don't have insults. We don't have an agenda behind this one. Instead, it seems like a movie that is 100% for the fans of Ghostbusters. In fact, Ghostbusters Afterlife maybe goes a little bit too far to be crowd-pleasing. There's many times throughout this film where 
jokes fall flat. The humor is definitely different than the original Ghostbusters film. You can't exactly catch that lightning in a bottle like the original film did. Honestly, it felt good to have a movie that didn't have any kind of agenda about it other than to entertain us and possibly give us a movie that will appeal to not just Ghostbusters fans of old, but maybe their children. You know, the next generation of Ghostbusters. There's some definite great moments here throughout. There's also a lot of those groan-worthy moments of cheesy jokes and references to the original. I think maybe they should have tried to go in a little bit of a different direction, but I understand why the movie references the original film so much. Overall, it's completely satisfying. I myself, if I don't get a Ghostbusters 4 or a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife, it all really is in how you view this film. You can view it as Ghostbusters 3. You can also view it as a soft reboot that also works as a sequel to the original two films. One thing this film didn't do is reference the Ghostbusters video game from, I don't know, 10 years ago or so that recently got a remaster for newer systems. Me personally, I consider Ghostbusters the video game to be the actual third Ghostbusters film. For one, that was written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd, the two creative forces behind the first two Ghostbusters films. It also had the original cast providing their voices for the characters in the game. So for me, Ghostbusters Afterlife is pretty much a Ghostbusters 4. As a Ghostbusters fan, I don't think Ghostbusters Afterlife is necessarily the movie that I envisioned or that I hoped for in all of the years since I first saw Ghostbusters 2 in the theater. Me personally, I would have loved to have seen another sequel with the original cast. But as we know, they are older now. One of them, you know, Bill Murray, doesn't really want to have anything to do with the franchise as a whole. He seems to have softened a bit, especially since he does show up in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I also feel that a lot of the hate and irritation towards Ghostbusters 2 is probably likely driven by a lot of Bill Murray's comments. A lot of his comments seems to fuel a lot of the sentiment that I've heard over the years about Ghostbusters 2. Me personally, I recognize it as a sequel that's not nearly as good as the original. However, it is a fun movie in its own right, and it's fun just to see these guys back together in a film, much of the way it is in Ghostbusters Afterlife. So while Afterlife isn't exactly that sequel that I wanted, I do realize that that time for us to get that actual Ghostbusters 3 that that we probably hoped for, well, that ship has sailed. One thing that surprised me about Ghostbusters Afterlife is the fact that it's primarily a drama first, then it's a horror film. The humor throughout is very dry, it's very slight. They tried to incorporate that the way they did in the original film, but it doesn't exactly work 100% of the time. As I stated earlier, there's a lot of moments where I don't think the humor really stuck. It is nice though that the actual horror elements, I feel the horror elements are handled really well. They are handled in the same vein as the original Ghostbusters film. Ghostbusters Afterlife, special effects wise, obviously has a whole bunch of CGI all over the place. I'm okay with that. It is 2021, we can't do practical all the time, but Ghostbusters Afterlife does have some pretty nice practical effects 
that definitely harken back to the original and remind us of some of the things we've seen in the original. For the most part, acting across the board is really good in the film. I think one of the standouts would be Carrie Coon. I've liked her ever since The Leftovers, of course, if you haven't seen The Leftovers, I highly recommend that series. It's a very good TV show. I just think that her performance is very natural, and when that emotional punch does arrive, it definitely hits. We'll talk about the emotional part of the movie a little bit later in the episode. The big standout here is young actress McKenna Grace. She definitely does steal the show. I'd say that she definitely reminds us of a certain Ghostbuster in the franchise. And the character of Phoebe is written so well that it allows her to become her own character and not just mimic one of the original members of the team. You have Finn Wolfhard playing the character of Trevor, Phoebe's brother and son to Callie. He's okay, I guess, you know, he's that awkward teen. His character, honestly, was just a huge meh to me. His character of Trevor was nowhere near as entertaining or as interesting as his sister, Phoebe. You also have Paul Rudd playing the character of Mr. Gruberson, who delivers one of the best Paul Rudd-style performances that Paul Rudd could do. In all honesty, his character is given very little screen time. However, I do like the fact that he's a teacher that simply doesn't really care and proceeds to show his students horror films instead of actually teaching. If I had one huge giant complaint about the film is that it really tried to fit too much into a two hour runtime. The pacing is a little off. The beginning parts, they're all right. They kind of drag a little bit and then the ending itself feels a little rushed. I feel like the movie should have had a little bit more time to breathe. Maybe it would have worked better as a limited series to hit one of the streaming services. I don't know. That's really the only thing I had an issue with outside of sticking a little too close to the original Ghostbusters film. I understand it, it is all done in the sake of fan service. It's not as crowd-pleasingly tacky as maybe Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I feel like that was definitely one that went overboard as far as trying to please the audience. But Ghostbusters Afterlife definitely toes the line and comes really, really close to going too far over it. That also brings me to something else, and that this film has a lot of heart. I don't feel like director Jason Reitman decided to make Ghostbusters Afterlife because he simply wanted to make a cash-in film or anything like that. Jason Reitman has been involved in the Ghostbusters franchise with his father, Ivan Reitman, directing the first two Ghostbusters films. He's been there from the very beginning. He was trying to make a Ghostbusters film that a guy that is now in his 40s would probably want to see and maybe have his kids view it with him. Maybe see it as a film that he would want to see with his children or have his children there in the creative process and be involved to watch his father make a movie, much in the same way that he watched his father make the first two Ghostbusters films in the same way. The theme of child, parent, family is definitely littered throughout this film, and it's fantastic. And I'm not too ashamed to say this, that when that final emotional pull happens at the end of the film, it definitely hit. It, it hit me hard. I actually teared up. I didn't think that I would, but yes, it got to me. 
It was almost the same type of feeling I had when I saw the original Ghostbusters Firehouse in New York. It was something that I never thought I would see and it just struck me emotionally because Ghostbusters has been a big part of my life, especially my childhood. As much as I never thought that I would see that original Firehouse, I never thought that I would see an actual sequel to Ghostbusters 2. Of course this is a part reboot, but this really is a film that I never thought that I would see. Especially since there was a non-canon reboot back in 2016. Usually when something has a reboot, it's not very often when the creators or powers that be at the movie studios will actually go back to the original films in a franchise. But they did it, and I'm glad that they did. As far as me and Ghostbusters, one of the things that I grew up on was Ghostbusters. I said it was a big part of my childhood, and I'm not lying on that. I believe that I originally started watching the real Ghostbusters cartoon show. I was also a little bit confused by the Filmation Ghostbusters, but I watched that one as well. Later, after my mom knew that I was into Ghostbusters, she let me watch the film, possibly at too young of an age. I was probably around, I don't know, four or so. I don't remember my original viewing of Ghostbusters, that library scene in the original film, and the way it opens. It's always stuck with me throughout all these years. I've never forgotten that scene. Every time I see it, it takes me back to when I did see it, possibly for the first time. I feel that the original Ghostbusters film is a horror film first and comedy second. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, I always thought that Ghostbusters was a horror film. It wasn't until much later in my life that I realized that it has some genuinely funny moments. That's why when the horror stuff actually does happen in Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's very welcome to see, especially for me. Is Ghostbusters Afterlife a perfect film? No, no film is ever perfect. However, I can't deny the amount of respect, love, and appreciation that director Jason Reitman actually has for the franchise. It may be closer to his heart because his father was the director of the original two films, but there's no doubt that it's affected him in his life and he wanted to try to deliver a Ghostbusters film that would just be that one, that special one. Will it ever overtake the original Ghostbusters films? No. However, with the way it packs an emotional punch at the end, I don't doubt that everyone's heart was in the right place with this project. Without saying too much, I'm going to say it was beautifully done. And if we do not get a actual Ghostbusters 4 or sequel to this, yeah, I'm 100% content with what I have. Make sure you stay after the credits. There are some pretty good scenes. One's a throwaway scene, referential to the original. The other one, yeah, it's definitely worthwhile having there. So a special thank you goes out to Jason Reitman. Thank you for delivering a movie that I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. Also helping me feel like a kid again for two hours in the theater. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can reach out to me through email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Or, if you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a 5-star rating at the podcast listing platform of your choice. 
It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night.